0: Live from San Francisco on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network, you're listening to Wrestling Observer Live with your hosts, Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi. Are you ready?
1: Are you ready? Let's get it on! How's it going, everybody? Brian Alvarez here on Wrestling Observer Live. We are here every day, Monday through Friday, noon Pacific 3 Eastern, Sundays, 3 Pacific 6 Eastern. Tons of news to talk about here today, weekend edition of the show. Very, very busy weekend. Sometimes, nothing's going on. This is not one of those weekends. We had last night's UFC show with the return after four years of George St. Pierre. He won the middleweight title from Michael Bisbing via rear naked choke. 423 of the third round. Where we had upsets all up and down the show. TJ Dillashaw beat Cody Garbret to win the bantamweight title. Rose Namajunas beat Ioana Jacek to win the women's strawweight title. Hopefully Mike Sempervivi is okay today after that result. TKO. TKO. 303 of the first round. we got so much stuff to talk about from UFC, but professional wrestling will probably be one of the main topics today. It is, of course, the biggest show of the year for Impact Wrestling. Bound for Glory takes place today. Lots of big matches on the show. Eli Drake, Johnny Impact for the Impact Global title is the main event. Trevor Lee, Desmond Xavier, Garza Jr., Matt Seidel, Petey Williams, Sanjay Dutt for the Impact X Division title. And so much more. We can preview that show here today. I'll be watching it. be doing two shows tonight. One with Vinny talking this Bound for Glory show. And later on tonight with Dave talking not only the Bound for Glory show, but also New Japan Pro Wrestling, which yesterday ran their big Power Struggle show. No big surprises. I guess maybe one big surprise there in the Marty Skrull-Will Ospreay match. Marty Skrull won the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. They're setting up for a four-way at the Tokyo Dome. In the top two matches, Kenny Omega beat Beretta and Hiroshi Tanahashi beat Kota Ibushi. And after the Kenny Omega match, who should appear on the big screen to challenge Kenny Omega to a match at the Tokyo Dome on January 4th? But Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, is the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship match coming up on January 4th. Lots to talk about here today. We're going to kick it off into the break. Wrestling Observer Live.
2: Hey, travelers. Do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right. Call. Because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight,
3: guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. 855-325-1780. 325 1780 That's 855-325-1780.
4: 15- hundred dollar coupon towards the purchase of a new vantage walk-in bath every call in the next 10 minutes will receive a fifteen hundred dollar coupon towards the purchase of a new vantage walk-in bath your aches and pains can be washed away call right now for a risk-free quote 800-552-6851 800-552-6851 800-552-6851 that's 800-552-6851 5-1. 5-1.
0: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
1: We're back here on the show. Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. So there are a lot of big stories to talk about here today. don't even really know where to start, but probably going to start with Chris Jericho, and we'll go from there. Obviously, you, the listener, will direct the show here today. If you want to give us a call, the phone number, 844-411-5411. That is toll-free, 844-411-5411. The text message line, send us text messages at any time, 425-780-7566. That is 425-780-7566. Don't call that number because it's not a phone number. It is a text message number. At Brian Alvarez on Twitter. At Semper Vivi. So, last night, the big New Japan show, Power Struggle, the last big show before the Tokyo Dome, which runs on January 4th, top matches, Hiroshi Tanahashi beat Kota Bushi to retain the IWGP Intercontinental title, Kenny Omega beat Beretta to retain the US title, Marty Skrull beat Will Ospreay, which I don't know if a lot of people saw it coming, but they're setting up a four-way at the New Japan Tokyo Dome show with Kushida and Takahashi, as well as Osprey and Skrull, and Minoru Suzuki by Iano. Yano. There were many other matches as well. I've seen the top four, haven't seen the rest yet. I'll watch that tonight. But after the Kenny Omega-Beretta match, Kenny Omega said, well, this is the point of the show where somebody comes out and challenges me for the Dome. So whoever you are, let's get out here. And nobody came out. So he cut this long promo in Japanese and then was wishing everybody good night when the lights went out. And appearing on the big screen was none other than, of all people, Chris Jericho. And Jericho announced that everybody called Kenny Omega a spectacular performer, great wrestler, blah, blah, blah. But he was not the best in the world because the best in the world is Chris Jericho. And he had a photo of Kenny that he Ripped to shreds and he announced that he was challenging Kenny Omega for the Tokyo Dome and Kenny Omega accepted and so on January 4th Chris Jericho will be facing Kenny Omega at the Tokyo Dome Jericho is not under contract at WWE he's a free agent and the thing with Jericho is Jericho said I will never wrestle for anybody except WWE It's kind of one of those things where he never did over the last decade. I mean, he's been an out for, I mean, he goes in and comes out all the time. And he never wrestled anywhere else in the meantime. And I believed him. But it's Chris Jericho. And that's his gimmick. He says something like that, and maybe people should have seen this coming. Everybody presumed the boat, but it is not on the boat. I mean, it could be still, but match is happening at the Tokyo Dome. So there you go.
6: And money to be made so you do it at the Tokyo Dome. Fun to be had on the boat, so that's when somebody gets knocked into the pool on the inside or something like that. But uh Well
1: quite frankly, in terms of like money being made for Chris Jericho, I'm pretty sure he's gonna make more money on the boat.
6: Well it's it's well, yeah, I guess I, I don't know the uh, logistics behind booking a boat or a cruise or anything uh such as that, but I I do know that he knows how to be around a thing that's that's going on, and he's no dummy. And it'll be interesting to see what happens after that for Chris Jericho. Is he going to stick around? Is he going to just play his hand? I mean, you get the Royal Rumble coming up after that. I mean... If it Does it drive Vince nuts that he's doing something like this, that he brings him back to WrestleMania and then goes back on his way so he can be ready for the boat coming up later on next summer? I, I don't know. It's it, it's fun. I'll give it that. Nobody's really saw it coming. I don't know anybody that really saw that one coming. I think a lot of us said, hey, you know, Switchblade is going to be Jay White. We didn't think Thunder was going to be stolen from that with Chris Jericho showing up. But big match for Omega, big match for New Japan Wrestling. Again, does it help New Japan going forward? Eh, we'll see. I guess that depends on uh, how much Chris Jericho wants to add to, to New Japan's puzzle and how much he wants to help them going forward, or if this is just a thing where it works out nicely for both sides in its
1: business. I thought the top four matches on the New Japan show were, well, actually, the Tanahashi-Kotabushi match I thought was a great match. great professional wrestling match with two yeah. great professional wrestlers. Omega Beretta was a very good match. I will give them credit. I did not think that Beretta had any chance of winning at any point during the match. But there were two near falls where they convinced the crowd that it was a finish. And in both cases, it was Beretta getting the near fall. So I'll give them credit for that. Marty Skrull, Will Ospreay was, I'd say, in, what, do you, what do you want to give it on a gymnastic scale? 8.5 out of 10. I know the That's scales different like nowadays. Yeah. I didn't. Here's the thing about this match. It was a lot of fun. Not for one second was I emotionally invested in the match at all. No. It was a video game. There, I swear to God, was a spot where I'm pretty sure that Will Ospreay did more flips in a single spot than anyone else has ever done in history. And that includes Ricochet. He did like five flips in one high spot. It was a very fun match, though. (laughs) Top that, Jack Evans. And Minoru Suzuki and Toru Yano, I mean this in the nicest way possible, It sucked. i mean zuka here's the thing like i guess in storyline the idea of the bull rope death match was it would it would prevent suzuki from doing all of his normal suzuki stuff and it would prevent yano from doing all of his normal yano stuff and like first off why would you want that i mean i know he'd want less suzuki stuff but the point was they did everything that you hate about suzuki matches and they did virtually nothing that is fun about a Yano match. Yeah, well, there's a tradition there. Of what? I
6: mean, well, here it is. Look, it's there were a lot of times where those types of matches, and everybody will think of, like, a, an awesome Dusty Roads, like... You know, shaking his ass and throwing the elbow in a, in a cowbell match or something like that. But it's like a lot of those times, the lead-up and the build-up to those were, were great. And I know there were a couple of matches, you know, where the blow-off would blow the roof, literally blow the roof off, but... You know, in times like this where it's Yano and Suzuki, they were so heavy on giving you that stuff in the lead-up because there was no way this thing was going to be good when he got into the match because even if you didn't have the stipulation of the bull rope tying him down, it's still a Yano match. And Yano is fun and everything, but it gets down to a situation of now it's a Suzuki title defense, you know, and you had Azuka out there at the end. I mean, it is what it is.
1: I didn't like it. And I've seen some Yano matches here that I really liked. Yano's hit and miss. Sometimes the matches are really good, sometimes they're not. But uh this was not one of the really good ones.
6: So No, this whole card. I mean, look, this this show was a it was an angle driven show in that like you said it, because we're going to the Tokyo Dome, you didn't expect there to be any real surprises we again many figured jay white was going to be coming back the jericho thing was a surprise but we were going to have something for omega even though most people i think thought it was going to be abushi especially because omega teased nobody was going to be coming out you know he would maybe stroll out at the end to to challenge uh abushi or something like that that was a possibility going in but obviously they went the direction that it did but everything hit and the crowd was heavily into it and i think the people that were watching live because it was checking it out live, and everybody was pretty much in rapture and going along with it seemingly online. So, you know, it seemed to be a very good night for New Japan. It was a very good night for the canvas, Matt, all the way around.
1: Let's go to the phones. You're on the air. What's going on?
7: Uh, This is Ryan from Cumberland, Maryland. have a question about what happened to me at the local sports bar in State College.
1: Yeah, hey, 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 Ryan, 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 I heard about your behavior at that sports bar. What? What happened? I did. I I just heard about it, Ryan.
7: Heard I met Ryan Bader and Scott Coker and uh, Robbie Lawler.
1: Yeah. I, that's not what I heard, but tell me your story now.
7: Uh, I met this guy called Front Row Brian that's Bisley, works for Flow Slam. Yeah. Bisley is good friends with filthy Tom Lawler, so.
1: They used to podcasts do podcasts you know
7: together, yeah. Uh, what do you know about this guy, and is he a credible source in MMA? And really, it says he's Why, was, he, was he
1: giving though. you scoops? Did he uh, buy I you
6: a Cold Miller Lite?
7: I don't know what he was drinking, but on the Internet, since he works for Flow Combat and not Flow Sports, but he said he couldn't tell me too much because of the lawsuits. Uh, what do you know about mm-hmm. this front row Brian character since it seems like you?
1: smile <laughs> like the Coors actually, Light, I don't know. Front
6: row Brian character? I don't know. He likes the cold beer. That, he's, that's he's, for sure. He's, no incredible, he's
1: right. a credible source, Ryan, and he, in fact, did do a podcast with filthy Tom Lawler. But Hey, listen, trying to get the guy in trouble here. He said he couldn't talk too much because of the lawsuit. We're a name fan, too. Go Irish. I heard Ryan was at the bar after the show, just throwing his name around as a caller on this show. Really? Yep, that's what I heard. Damn. You're lucky I disconnected you, Ryan. I was going to have some, a talk with you about this. Some Ed in San Antonio type stuff. Back in a moment, Wrestling Observer in Live.
8: My joints used to kill me.
0: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
1: We are back here on the show. Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. Lots of news to talk about here today. If you would like to give us a call, 844 411 5411 is the phone number. That is toll free, 844 411 5411. Text messages, 425-780-7566. All of these numbers, as always, on the front page of WrestlingObserver.com. Got a lot of text messages here about Jericho. And obviously the number one text message and question I've been getting over the last 12 hours or so. How furious is Vince going to be at Jericho now that he has the Bullet Club, uh, Club crew on his cruise? And then announces he is wrestling Kenny Omega in a rival promotion. You know it's funny, I haven't heard of, I haven't heard one word about that today. I have no idea. I mean, I don't know if Jericho cleared it with him. I don't know if he didn't. I don't know if Vince doesn't know about it yet. I don't know if Vince doesn't care. I don't know if Vince hasn't told anybody what he thinks. Go to it. Haven't heard word one about this today. Injecting the poison. This person also notes, Jericho said on killing the town. He podcast with Storm and Cyrus. But he asked Vince and Triple H about having NXT talent on his cruise, and they turned him down so he went to Ring of Honor instead. Maybe that was the catalyst for him working with Omega in New Japan.
6: Sure. Hey, look, if I'm Jericho, and I can see that absolutely being the case of like, well, Chris, no, we don't want to do this for two weeks or whatever. And it would be that those people would have to miss or whatever. It's like... You know, for him to do this and, and to make it work, he needed to have entertainment. He needed to have different people. He's got stand-up comedians. The thing has built as it's gone on. And he was obviously going to need to have wrestling. And WWE couldn't provide that. Ring of Honor does. He's in a position where he can do what he wants. And I'll give him this. You know, you saw the the new look. Or for those people who have New Japan World, uh, you know, you you saw the new look. And he's been able to stay up with the times in an amazing fashion um you know there's people he can work with on the independent scene if this is what he so chooses to do every couple of months or every month or whatever it's going to be so it's he's hey it, it is a good time right now for for new japan we'll have to again we'll have to see going forward what this actually means for everybody involved but
1: i think i know what it means for chris jericho and that's just good times says, I was super excited for Jericho Omega, but then was bummed that the announcement distracted from Tanahashi Ibushi, which was an incredible match. Well, Well, I thought it was an excellent match, but I've seen so many great New Japan matches this year that that was not anywhere near the top ten, I don't think. And that's not taking anything away from it. But this has been a good year for professional wrestling. So what may have been a match of the year five years ago, was a really good match here in 2017,
6: and and I think if it if it took away from anything, again, it was the debut of Switchblade and his challenge of Tanahashi. I, I that, but then again, what else are you supposed to do? You're presented this opportunity, and you got to go with it. You know, you're not going to delay. You've been promising the lead down to the re-debut of Jay White. So what else were you going to do besides maybe have him attack Tanahashi? backstage at the press conference or something like that. But then that would be something that I think I would want to continue to the ring again so he's out there in front of the public, debuting this new persona upon his return. So um, I think if it took away from anything, it's that. And I think just Tanahashi Nabushi was what it was supposed to be, which was a, a cherry on top of a show that was still a vessel to move everything
1: closer to January 4th. Let's go to the phones. You're on the air. What's going on?
10: Hey, guys. Tim in Miami. Uh, I did not call to talk about the TNA pay-per-view. I know what you're Anyone calling needs, about. You mentioned that at the top of the show.
1: I know no, exactly I, what you're Tim calling him, about.
10: Well We shall see, my friend. So first, on Jericho, Jericho was one of the few people at this point in his life that uh, Vince needs him more than he needs Vince. I don't think he cares one iota what Vince thinks about what he does. But what I called uh, about was You know, you guys have been talking since Thursday. I knew it. When SmackDown called this audible. I
1: knew it. line of
10: scrimmage. (laughs) You you don't know yet. Yeah, I do. About uh, the AJ Jinder match. Yep. So the the question was, why were they freaking out about the October uh, 31st, the Halloween rating? They're in sweeps period. November sweeps go from October 26th to November 22nd and Nielsen will exempt certain holidays from those calculations. Halloween is not one of them. And so while WWE doesn't necessarily have to be worried about doing a poor rating on Halloween, USA Network is. And so they now have three SmackDown shows on which to pop a bigger rating to negate the hole that they uh, are now in on, uh, from the, the Halloween show so that USA doesn't have to take a hit in terms of what they can charge advertisers.
6: Yeah, but Tim, I mean, don't you think that USA and the advertisers know this going in when these things fall on school nights or fall on particular days? The same thing goes for every holiday. It's not like they look at this number and freak out. Yes, it pulls things down, but things are being pulled down in many ways, and it's one of those things you take into the cost of doing business. Well, i
1: got another question for Tim. All right, Tim, so let's say that you – Okay, let's just say that they did freak out about the Halloween rating. So, I mean, their solution is to announce a match on Twitter? Like, that's going to turn this around? I mean, they should know that, yeah, the rating was down during Halloween, but it's going to be up next week no matter what. So why do we have to hotshot something? Shouldn't they have hotshotted something the week prior so that they would have a better rating for Halloween? Before, Tim, sorry, let me just say, add on to that. Can I answer
6: both of your questions? Well, give me one second, Tim, just to add on to that. That's the thing is, if nothing else, you know, after you respond, if nothing else, you do have to bag on WWE, even if you go with the excuse that, okay, well, they saw the rating. It's like all of this was poor planning, at the very least, going into Halloween, if not something more dramatic.
10: To answer Mike's questions, in negotiations, and they will soon be negotiating a new TV deal, all that matters is the numbers. If they took a hit for this next three months in terms of ad answer rates,
1: my question. they
10: will bring that to the negotiating mm. table. That's absolutely true. And for Brian's question, they're not live on Tuesday. They're in England. They're going to be on a five- or six-hour tape delay, and I think they have a, a unique opportunity to hotshot something big and then let it get out there. To draw more people to SmackDown. Now, it doesn't have to be an AJ title win, but if, if someone comes back, if Cena shows up.
1: Then why they change the match?
10: Is, they have. A... Yeah. But it, yeah. Which, which match?
1: <laughs> the AJ Styles match. why they, why they change it then? They can hot shot anything because you said.
10: that will. No, I... AJ winning the title on SmackDown will draw a huge audience. And they have an opportunity because they have five or six hours ahead of time to promote a title change to get people
1: to tune into SmackDown, who otherwise would just be like, "eh." But Tim, win with help from the Singh brothers. Tim, you go on the board. You can ask Dez or Mookie Gana, and and ask them how tape shows do as compared to live shows. Tape shows where everybody knows what's going to happen. They get hot shot something, whatever. It doesn't make any difference. There's not enough people that get the spoilers for it to make any difference in the television ratings?
10: Unless, unless ESPN is showing 30 for 30 with Ric Flair immediately following SmackDown. If WWE tells ESPN, hey, tell everybody AJ's <laughs> winning the title.
1: This is turning into quite a conspiracy theory on here. It's great. Uh, Tim... No,
10: it's, it makes perfect sense.
1: So, so let me ask you two questions, Tim. Let me ask you two questions. I'm going to interview you now. It's going to be a title change on Tuesday. AJ Styles and Jinder Mahal. The title is going to change hands. What do you think? I don't know.
10: I think I'm saying there will be an opportunity for them to do something interesting that they can promote ahead of time to get people to watch SmackDown. When Tony Schiavone announced Mick Foley winning the title on Nitro, did that get people to like not tune into Raw? It was the opposite effect. It was something people wanted.
1: Yeah. You had you had millions and millions of people watching Nitro when he said that. This is nothing like Twitter nowadays.
10: I'm not talking Twitter. I'm talking ESPN.
1: Do you think that they're going to announce on ESPN if the title changes? Do you think they're going to announce that on ESPN? They
10: have a whole they have a whole WWE section on ESPN. If they
1: do, does it matter? There's
10: a lot of the, the major sports. you You're talking
1: about the ESPN website. Yep. Well, Tim, I want to thank you very much for the call. I think you're going to be in for a rough day on Tuesday. Height, say it.
6: Um, two things. Number number one, there may be more smoke to a fire with a thing with ginger. He's working these house shows. He is uh, just... Look, there, there may be more to this. I don't know. Uh, we'll have to see going forward. But again, the the left turn, the veer that he took was this was quite dramatic. And for whatever reason it is, whether it's just a hot shot, two title changes in foreign countries, or or internationally, I should say, whatever it is. But there, we'll have to see going forward. As far as the TV rating goes on Halloween, I mean, it's just ridiculous. I I, I don't. No offense to Tim, but it's not like this isn't something that I've studied for a long period of time. And it's not like there's well, hold not on. Can been...
1: I say one thing real quick? Go, go ahead. It's November sweeps.
11: Yeah.
6: Well, Halloween's is...
1: October. What are we even but, talking about?
6: Well, and I don't know if, look, the, the one thing I know is everybody knows it's Halloween. Everybody knows it's on Tuesday night going in. You know how that's going to affect things on top of it. You had a World Series game in what's been one of the most dramatic World Series in quite some time. You had a terrorist attack on the United States in New York, which drove news coverage. There was a lot at play, and to be hyper-focused on one rating, Vince McMahon can be, but to act as though USA is that this is going to screw everything up and that's the only thing that matters, I, I get what you know. I he's got <laughs> it. Just
1: it's it's a leap too much. Back in a moment with more. Wrestling Observer Live
3: Wanna fly somewhere looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Call right now. That number is 800-485-6003. You are
0: listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
1: Back on the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live, Mike Semper Sempervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. A couple of notes on Tim's call from Miami. November sweeps. Why does he sweeps? call
6: in, for God's sakes? He should call in then
1: it would be all about Penn State and the Eagles but all right November sweeps October 26th to November 22nd so Halloween did fall in there Okay so again with that said uh-huh. listen I can tell Who you cares? I can tell you on Mondays when it's a holiday on Monday like when it's a national holiday and it falls on a Monday no one listens to this show okay I get all the numbers I get the calls I no one calls on a Monday or no one listens on a Monday when there's when there's a holiday Except when I'm hosting solo. So you're telling me that WWE has been in the television business doing Raw since 1991 or whatever. Like, they're unaware that the rating might be down. They don't know that Halloween's on a Tuesday. I was Mm -hmm. talking about Halloween being on a Tuesday as soon as they did the very first Bludgeon Brothers deal in early October. So I'm pretty sure they knew it was going to fall on a Tuesday. So why didn't they book something crazy, a title change, whatever, on the Halloween show and promote it? Why would they wait till the number is low and then go to hotshot something the next week when the number's going to be up anyway? It doesn't make any sense.
6: Let me ask you a
1: question. Hold on, I got Do more you know? too. Oh God! This person says national holidays exempt from the sweep. I'm not someone talking about. I'm making a point here. I'm pointing out that I know from having done this show for since '98 or whatever that if there's a national holiday on a Monday, our listenership is way down. I know that. Okay. So I'm telling you they know that on Halloween, if it's on a Tuesday, the number's gonna be down. They don't figure it out the next day when they get the number. if, if the, the theory that, well, it sweeps, they're gonna they're gonna do something crazy. They should have done it on Halloween then. They didn't. Well, now, now, good, it is possible that there's a big story involving Ginder and that he is going to lose the title on Tuesday. That is possible. However, Let me tell you something. As of this weekend, the belief within the company is that they just decided to do this title match and Jinner's going to retain and he's going to go on to Survivor Series and nothing is changing.
6: Which is completely, by the way, believable when you think of how Vince McMahon
1: will change his mind and make decisions. It's even more believable now when you consider that they did, in fact, make the decision that John Cena is going to be the referee of Survivor Series. Now... Maybe it won't play into anything, but if they are going to be doing John Cena versus Jinder Mahal at WrestleMania, which I think is a very good possibility, then it makes perfect sense for Jinder to retain, go on Survivor Series, and John Cena somehow costs him the match with Brock, and lo and behold, you've got a long-term storyline going to WrestleMania. John Cena's a free agent. He can go from brand to brand. He can be on any brand he wants. So, I mean, trust me. Thursday, Friday... I strongly suspected that something was going on. And I'm not saying that that's not what... I mean, we'll find out on Tuesday. I'll just put it that way. We'll find out on Tuesday. Yeah. But here's what I'll say. If the title changes on Tuesday, I think there's a big story with Jinder. And if it doesn't, obviously there's not. That's. I mean, I don't think they're just changing the title for the hell of it. I don't think they're changing the title because they want Brock and AJ at Survivor Series. I mean, they changed this match, and it's either because of a big story involving Jinder and he loses... Or they just change the match because he changed his mind and they're going to just do a match and a finish and Jinder's going to be the champion. Up. And away they go to Survivor Series and nothing has changed.
6: They they won't see it coming. Who knows? You know, we can. we'll have to just see going forward here. But that night, Raw finished ninth. Ninth. It's not like it was way out of line. And also, when they factor ratings in... Overall, yes, you know, it still plays You know, into effect. We saw it last year when it came to because of the election, when it came to the network numbers or the news network numbers on cable, how increased they were and how things like FX and, and other things took a hit, USA being one of the big ones, because of issues with trying to move things forward with their own shows. That's true. But you also, when you're talking about your numbers from the brass tacks of, of selling you know, look who watches the, the news networks. Look at Fox's demographics and who they sell you know advertising to and, and how they advertise there. And, yes, it is far more lucrative in many ways, but it's also aimed at people in their 70s. And it is less for CNN and MSNBC, but when it comes to the general channels, your FXs, your what is going to be the Paramount Network moving forward, your USAs and things like that. It's not like advertisers are not aware that when news happens, people turn over to those channels. So, again, this, you know, Tim's points on this, while rooted in, you know, truth for different times of the year, does not match up with this
1: one. should mention, by the way, one other comment here, that we go to the phones. Maybe they didn't think Halloween would be as bad as it was, this person says. I presume this must all be Tim. I'm not sure, but it's all about the same topics. I presume it is. Maybe they didn't think Halloween rating would be as bad as it was. Listen, (sighs) primetime wrestling started in 1985. They have been doing a Monday night wrestling show continuously since 1985. I was 10, okay? This was a long, long, long time ago. And Halloween has fallen on a day that they were running television many, many, many times over the last 32 years. And trust me, they knew the rating would be bad. They were not shocked that the SmackDown Live Halloween rating was not good.
6: No. And it, yes. Did it suck? Yes, it did. You know, but but look at some of the numbers this year and some of the drop-offs that they've had. And it's like, you know, come on. You know, from, you know, Lee going into July 4th, you know, they lost like, two hundred and eighty thousand people, you know, a couple weeks later, uh, they lost, you know, almost two hundred thousand people. It's not like we haven't seen two hundred thousand person drops and they had what this was a little bit more dramatic. But what was it two point two or whatever it was? So it was like a five hundred thousand person drop. But everything was down. Everything was down. And you had all of that reasoning behind it. They had more built in excuses for this one. You know, as far as, you know, and again, it's not like they don't have excuses for falling ratings in the past or for bad ratings in the past. This just they actually have excuses for why on this one.
1: Let's go to the phones. You're on the air. What is going on?
15: Good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, My name is Jackson. I'm from Orlando. I want to have a, a quick question about this whole Jericho sensation. And then at the end, just a very small comment about NXT. So everyone's up in you know arms and flames about Jericho and Omega, but for me the the big question right now uh, that should be talked about is what kind of match can we expect from Mister Jericho and from Mister Omega? It's been it, I looked it up. It's been 20 years since the debut of Super Liger in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. So I'm curious, can Jericho uh, at where he is right now hang with Kenny? Can he can they put on a good Tokyo Dome Wrestle Kingdom match? And then a small comment about NXT, I was really kind of saddened about the whole layoffs uh, they just had right now, WWE layoffs. I've been to the last handful of NXT tapings, and I've really enjoyed the product, and I was really, really, really hoping and looking forward to the debut of Leo Gao. Oh, man. I'm bummed about that.
1: Yeah, I'm is... really
15: bummed we, not, we can't see Leo Gao at, at anytime
1: soon. It is depressing. I don't know what they were thinking. Maybe Leo asked to go home. I don't know. But it's crazy that they cut him. You know, I want to say, as far as, like, the Tokyo Dome and and Omega and Jericho, I mean, do I think they're going to have a five-star match? Do I think they're going to have a six-star match? No. Do I think that they're going to have, like, a bad match? No. I mean, three and a half, four, maybe four and a quarter. I think those are all possible. But who knows? I mean, listen, I've seen Kenny Omega have good matches. I mean, I know some people think, like, Jericho's like bad now he's not okay but there are like a lot of guys that are that actually are bad that kenny omega has had pretty good matches with so i'm not worried about this match the match is going to be fine it's probably going to be very good it may be great but i don't think it's going to be six stars that's nothing against jericho or omega
6: (laughs) can we just say it's going to be probably a really good match we don't do we have to put snowflakes on it yeah of course we do we're talking about new japan are you kidding me uh, that's a good point but uh actually it doesn't matter what we think only what dave thinks and, and then we can debate about that and we can talk with him on twitter about it because he'll respond um it'll probably be a really good match and it will not be maybe as athletic as your you know people want a kenny omega abushi match obviously it won't probably be to that level And hey, chris Jericho's how old 48 how old is chris jericho
1: i think he's 48 yeah
6: whatever it is i mean it, he still looks fantastic and it is probably going to do i bet you it's it's going to be a really good match i don't know how it wouldn't be um it's not like omega is just a high spot machine it's not like like you said jericho is in a you know a wheelchair or anything like that 46
1: so is, oh man he's going you're really kicked off the boat now uh, see, i yeah, told well, see, it doesn't you doesn't matter wasn't anyway I'm, I'm i'm
6: fighting from underneath anyway so you know but but regardless it's also too for japanese fans as big as it is for omega and, and them seeing omega it's not like this is going to supersede okada and naito in anybody's minds as well as maybe some other matches just depending on what's going to take place so you know big big for american fans you know again big big for japanese fans i'm not saying it's not but uh certainly nowhere to
1: the candle of what the real main event of that show is let's go to the phones on the air what's going on
14: hello brian hello Hello, oh it's been so
1: long what's going on
14: man well i've been busy working man i've been working all over the state of all over my state job, man. And I've been I've been so busy with that. I'm I'm I I haven't talked to you since since the since Vegas, man. I know I've been missing you. Show. Called
1: one time after Vegas, John. I remember.
14: Yeah, my I got two questions for it. I got two questions for you. Question: I got one about Bound for Glory.
1: Okay, well, ask him, buddy. <laughs> Don't have all day um, here. Go ahead.
14: I my question is my two questions is this. Jericho would be 47 when the match between Omega and uh Omega and the kingdom. Yes. That's a that's a, because he turned 47 this month. My my question is this. H- how much promotion uh what is is do you think this is going to be one time only uh, uh one, a one special match for him or do you think he's going to sign a deal?
1: Well, um, here's or- what I'll say about this, okay? Here's what I'll say about this. Listen, I don't know how much money Chris Jericho has. I presume he's probably doing all right. I mean, he can make significantly more money doing his WWE appearances, doing his WWE pay-per-views, doing his WWE merchandise, and then going and touring with his band than he will if he signs, like, some sort of deal with New Japan. I mean, my gut tells me. My gut tells me it's a one and done. That's what my gut tells me.
14: If that's the one that done that, I'm I'm fine with that. This is the first time he's wrestled outside of outside of WWE this century and this this century and this millennium. It's been almost twenty years since he's wrestling in another company, for WWE. I'm fine with that. My question is this: Brian for Bound for Glory, and it's a simple one. Why should I watch it?
1: <laughs> why should you watch it? <laughs> well, John, I'll, yeah, tell, I'll, you I'll tell you why you should watch it. Okay, I'll tell you because. It's allegedly a brand new impact. Allegedly. Dixie's gone. There's no Vince Russo. It's the Anthem era. They're they're trying to start over again. Now <laughs> Not they should the Dipset era. I can they should have changed right, the right. name, of course. Hey, we heard
14: it. Hey, we heard this. We have heard this since for the past almost 15 years. Yeah,
1: but in, for those 15 years, John Dixie was still in charge. She's gone. She's out Ooh, of there. It's still a lot of faith. Hey, Jeff Jarrett's gone. Jared's not there. Dixie's not there. Russo's not there. It's a whole brand new crew I trying people, to start over again. They killed the law. I, I, I'm
14: sorry, but I, 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 I you, you try to, you convinced me years ago when you was on that that unification match with Cena and Orton I'm about I'm about that. I just don't see Impact being Impact. A new anthem. Who's in charge? Of, by the way, who's in charge of Impact anyway? An owl. <laughs> no, who's, I'm serious. Who's booking it for real?
1: The Al <laughs> Who's booking it right now? It's they got like guys Demore you know? and yeah, you know, it's a it's, it's, it's a, a crew. team. Gaburic, I guess, is in there sure, too. Yeah. Who else he got? Yeah, they're trying. They're trying.
14: They try. Conway. They, they could try harder, I might add, but
1: that's a different story entirely. But go ahead.
14: I, I try to do interesting. I try to say uh, do interesting phone calls, but I can't do that sometimes, Brian. At least I'm honest with that. I can't see Impact being a book a great show. I'd rather see somebody... I'd rather see a, a, a car wreck with Dixie and and Jeff Jarrett and and, and Vince Ruth, at least I know what I get with this one.
6: A metaphorical.
1: Well, know, listen, man. John, I want to thank you very much for the call. We, we have to head to a break, but all I'm going to say is that I have not received one single solitary text message or call or communication in any way about Bound for Glory today. So I don't think that the... Larger wrestling fan base has been convinced. Back in a moment, Wrestling Observer Live.
0: you are listening to wrestling observer live with brian alvarez and mike sempervivi on the sports byline broadcasting network
1: back here in the show brian alvarez here wrestling observer live mike sempervivi also wrestlingobserver.com And going to go to a second hour here after the break but let's go to the phones you're on the air what's going on
17: Hey Brian, hey Mark, it's
1: John from Arkansas.
17: What's up John? Yeah. Oh, not much. Uh, battling sinus issues, but not even that because even me from my steady diet
10: of listening to the program. Because I'm committed to following the
7: excellence of this audio broadcast.
1: So what's on so. your mind here? Sounds like you've been having a couple this afternoon. Well, my cocktail.
7: Um,
17: Basically I'm doped up on on that, but I had a thought
10: I heard uh Jericho
17: actually approached Vince to bring the NXT crew crew originally for his cruise. Yes. And that was shot down. Yep. Can I I think that is extremely short sighted on Vince McMahon's uh business side. I mean, good lord, you have a huge opportunity to expose some of your guys to a great experience and a good audience and one of your trusted former employees is doing this i don't get why somebody couldn't tuck their ego long enough to do
1: this kind of thing well let's talk about this after the break we got ahead to the top of the hour but we'll be back after a bit to talk more another full hour of wrestling observer live back in a moment
14: S.A. Radio News with Ron Taylor.
15: The
12: focus first is going
15: to be on that shooter and what's left behind, and then two, maybe what motivated this person, if we can ever figure that out.
18: Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton saying the gunman will be the center of the investigation into a deadly mass shooting at a South Texas church. The man suspected of killing at least 25 inside this church has been identified as Devin Patrick Kelly from New Braunfels, a city near San Antonio. He opened fire during a service at First Baptist Church, Sutherland Springs this morning. Killing over 20 people, including the lead pastor's 14-year-old daughter.
15: Obviously, this has a devastating impact on this small community. Wilson County is a small county, um, and so my guess is just everybody in that, just about everybody in that area knows somebody that was at that church, or is related to somebody, or is friends with somebody. So, it's going to have a devastating impact on that
18: community. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton. We will update you as this story continues to unfold. I'm Ron Taylor, USA Radio News.
10: Hi, my name is Kip and I'm the founder of the Vertical Research Advisory, or VRA. After 15 years on Wall Street, I founded the VRA in 2003, my daily investment newsletter that's been crushing the market for 14 years. I tell you what to buy and when to sell and take profits, and I only target stocks that have the ability to rise by 50% or more. For the first time, we're offering a free two-week membership. Simply go to vrainsider.com. you also get my new book, Crash Proof Prosperity, Becoming Wealthy in the Age of Trump. Join us now at vrainsider.com.
6: Everyone loves Liberty, so why are you letting other people tell you what's best for your health care? Exercise your freedom with Liberty Health Share. Liberty HealthShare is a community of people who voluntarily share one another's medical costs. Members are able to take back the freedom to make their own decisions about their health care. Stop letting others tell you what to do. Call us at 855-58-LIBERTY for more information or check us out online at libertyhealthshare.org. That's libertyhealthshare.org.
18: As details of the tragedy in South Texas today continue to unfold, let's turn to USA Radio's John Clemens for some insight.
12: The shooting occurred at the First Baptist Church in Sutherland Springs, Texas. That's about 30 miles east of San Antonio. In nearby
6: River Oaks Church, Pastor Paul Buford said during the services inside his church, first responders quickly left after being notified of an active shooter at First Baptist Church right down the street. About 11... Uh, 11, 11,
10: 1115 or so, when we got, when some people in our church, we have a a deputy and some other people in our church, when we got a call that there was an active shooter going, uh, uh, active shooting going on down at uh, First Baptist Church.
18: I'm John Clemens. Again, the man suspected of killing at least 25 inside a South Texas church has been identified by NBC News as Devin Patrick Kelly from New Braunfels, a city near San Antonio. A local publication in the area reports his mother-in-law has a post office box in Sutherland Springs, Texas. You're listening to USA Radio News.
8: Hi, I'm Wayne Alaroot. I was one of the biggest critics of Obama in the national media. Suddenly, I was under massive IRS attack. So I hired Sam Landis. Sam did an amazing job. We won twice. I didn't owe a penny. Thank you, Sam Landis. Many of you have IRS problems, and you've spent thousands with non-lawyer tax resolution firms. Do yourself a favor. Call Sam Landis for a free consultation. Trust me, Sam Landis is the best. Sam saved my life. Call Sam at 800-WE-HELP-YOU with the letter U. That's toll-free, 800-WE-HELP-YOU with the letter U. 800-WE-HELP-YOU.
18: We're back here at our Live News Desk at USA Radio News. I'm Ron Taylor. Joining me on the line is Jimmy Meeks. Jimmy is a retired Hearst, Texas, police officer spending more than 30 years on the force. He is now conducting church seminars that teach church security and staff how to be vigilant and arm themselves and defend things like this. Jimmy, thank you for joining us. What's your take on this today?
12: Well, Ron, yesterday I was uh, conducting a seminar in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, drove all night to get home, but we warned them. We pleaded with them and said, please get prepared. This stuff is not going to stop. I'm still waiting for confirmation of how many at this church in Texas, but uh, if there's 20, that means that over 80 people, almost 90 people have been murdered on faith-based property this year, Ron, and that means that uh, that will be a new record, and I hate to use the word record. Our prayers go out to those folks. I'm I'm fixing to pack my bags and head that way and, and see if I can just be a shoulder to cry on, but it is just heartbreaking
18: jimmy meeks joining us via skype and jimmy is with cheap dog ministries which is a great group of men who travel all over the country uh, warning and setting up uh, rules and regulations and helping church administration staff and security staff on how to be vigilant and to secure faith based properties like this and we thank jimmy for his time again to update you on our top story a man identified as devin patrick kelly Opened fire on the congregation of First Baptist Church in Sutherland Spring, Texas this morning, killing over 20 people and injuring some 30. Ron Taylor, USA Radio News.
0: 800-949-8707. Live from San Francisco on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with your hosts Brian Alvarez and Mike Semper Are you ready?
1: Are you ready? Let's get it on. How's it going, everybody? Brian Alvarez here on Wrestling Observer Live. We are here every day, Monday through Friday, noon Pacific, 3 Eastern, Sunday, 3 Pacific, 6 Eastern. Second hour of the show here today. Lots of different news notes to talk about, but the number one thing everybody's talking about is this, from the front page of WrestlingObserver.com. For as wild of a year as 2017 has been for pro wrestling, next year already appears to be following suit And a shocker, Chris Jericho we be wrestling Kenny Omega, the Tokyo Dome, for New Japan Pro Wrestling, January 4th, 2018. Omega retained his IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship against Trent Beretta At today's Power Struggle show, called out his next challenger afterwards. It was teased that no one was left to challenge him, but Jericho then appeared in a video. Jericho said he was the best in the world and the alpha of this business before challenging Omega to the match, which Omega accepted. Jericho and Omega, who are both from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, have been engaged in a Twitter feud recently, but it wasn't apparent if that would ever amount to anything. After power struggle, the other matches appear to be set for Wrestle Kingdom 12 at the Tokyo Dome. Okada vs. Naito for the IWGP Heavyweight title. Roshi Tanahashi vs. Jay White, returned as Switchblade today for the Intercontinental title. Marty Skrull versus Will Ospreay vs. Kushida vs. Hiromu Takahashi for the Junior title. And show and yo versus the Young Bucks for the junior tag team titles. If you want to give us a call about this topic or anything else today, we've got Bound for Glory coming up tonight from Impact Wrestling. We have the UFC show with the return of George St. Pierre and a shocking night of upsets at Madison Square Garden. Any of these topics and more, 844 411 That is toll free, 844 411 And you can send your text messages here, 425-780-7566. That is 425-780-7566. You can call sober. You can call drunk, apparently. It's up to you. Back in a moment with more Wrestling Observer Live.
4: 5-1.
3: That's 855-325-1780.
0: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with
1: Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. We're back here on the show. Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Semper, also of WrestlingObserver.com. Lots of news to talk about here today. Phone calls as well, 844-411-5411. thats is 844-411-5411. toll free. Text messages, 425-780-7566. John in Arkansas here. Thanks to Observer, the Observer Live crew, Brian and Mike, making my rough weekend much more pleasant. Thumbs up. Take care of yourself, John. You hear me? Ooh what we're here for. Take care of yourself. To the phones, you're on the air. What's going on? This is Jim from Virginia. Hey! Hey! What's up, Jim?
17: Hey, I'm, I'm back. I've been a little busy lately, but I got, I'm going to bring up something I haven't have heard. I have read some of uh, Dave's comments and some people's. So nobody has talked anything about the great Manami Toyota retirement. Show.
1: Are you kidding me? We've been talking about this for days on Observer Radio. I must have missed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you did. Yeah, she retired. Well, uh... in grand fashion. Yeah, well, and she wrestled what was like a
17: thirty girl uh, uh, gauntlet.
1: I think it was fifty. What was it? Fifty-one, but it was 40, forty-eight different people. One girl, I guess she wrestled three times. Well, all in one-minute matches. It's an odd way to go out. I got to admit.
6: Well, I mean, you know, they actually they. do things like this on uh, New Year's Eve shows and such. Uh, well, they'll have like 100-person battle royals or wacky sorts of of uh, gauntlet matches like this. Although this was, uh, you know, and, and there are oftentimes gauntlet matches when it comes to retirement shows. It's just usually it's like three, four, five people, not exactly 51. Although it shows you the amount of... Uh, uh, it, it respect that Miami Toyota has from people. Look at the amount of people inside WWE that that tweeted out, whether it be Samoja or anybody else, that had something to say about her.
1: Kind of disappointing she didn't contact me. I'd have done a minute match. That's about all you're good for. <laughs> How dare you? Go ahead, uh, Jim. You sound nothing, great
10: today, Jim. Notice that. uh uh, Tessa Blanchard is she actually coming to Impact Wrestling, or is that just?
1: Um,
7: I thought she was he- headed for uh, NXT.
1: She's never going there. I don't think she's going to NXT, dude. <laughs> That's Don't think
6: she's going too to obstreperous. NXT. I don't know what exactly it is. I don't know. I'm not there. I don't you know, hang out with her or anything like that. But, like, at you know, whether it is the attitude, whether it's them just thinking she needs to mature, whether she really does need to mature, whether it's her work, whatever it is. I'm surprised she's not there already. I don't know if she'll make it there before or after uh, her her boyfriend does, because I don't know when he's going to show up there, if Ricochet shows up there. But, you know, if they wanted her, they could have had her by now. And there's a reason that they're not signing her. Again, I don't know what that is, but... Like, until they do, like, to speculate about her, I think at this point, it's almost crazy because it's like, it's such a slam dunk one. Like, Tori, T- Tony Storm, there are some other people where it's like, okay, what's going on there? Why isn't she there? But I think at this point with Tessa Blanchard, if they wanted her, she'd
1: be there.
7: Exactly. exactly. One last thing, I really enjoyed your uh, Rise uh, interview with Kevin the other day.
1: Thank you. He was awesome. you they big Ed for that, right, yeah. believe it or not. <laughs> I know, it's well, hard to believe uh,
7: Thank you so much, y'all, I, y'all have a good week
1: Alright, you take care of yourself too, Jim You hear me, Sounding everybody? Good, y'all bro. take care of yourselves yeah. Alright, oh, By the way,
6: Rise, by the way, did add uh, Taya Valkyrie announced that And Shaz McKenzie, who has appeared on this Very show, they are new additions And unfortunately, Taya, I guess uh, A subtraction from tonight's Bound for Glory show Talk about Taya after this call You're on the air, what's up?
17: Oh, hey, this is Paul in Barbersville, and um, Halloween was this week, and for the I've second heard. time this month, yeah, I sat down and I watched Hogan vs. Warrior 2 at Halloween Havoc 98.
1: Oh, wait, no. wait, 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 yep. wait, 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 For the second time, what's, it's what's, what's going on with you, Paul? Horror movies.
17: Well, I mean, you asked me if it was, uh, you know, all these years later, um, you know, uh, a porous snuff or worse,
1: film. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you watch it twice. You know, Why?
17: Yeah, well, I I wanted to... <laughs> fell out the first ...think time. a little bit harder about it, put it into context, breathe in the horror of what I was watching, and I am now convinced it is, in fact, worse than Jenna versus Charmel and worse <laughs> than Rebel versus Shelley Martinez.
1: Really, man? For At a number of excuse. Reasons.
17: Yeah, starting with the fact... This match was like 15 minutes long. True. And while, you know, those matches may be move for move worse in a vacuum than this, this was a main event put out by the largest wrestling company in the world during their biggest year in history. Hundreds of thousands of people laid down money for this. Not to mention, not to mention, it
1: it was very, 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 very heavily promoted for weeks and weeks with thousands, I believe, of video packages on Nitro. Literally thousands, I'm pretty sure.
17: And it was a WrestleMania rematch.
1: That's right. One of the most legendary matches of all time, in fact. mm
17: -hmm. And the thing is, if Jenna vs. Charmill never happened and... uh, Rebel versus Shelly Martinez never happened. History of TNA would have been exactly the same, okay? They'd be dead, and Anthem would be playing Weekend at Bernie's with the corpse. And the history of WCW may have been the same if this match never happened. But you know what? If that match was skipped, and they just went to Goldberg versus Diamond Dallas Page, and the pay-per-view ended on time, I mean, people would have left that show happy. And you know maybe the downfall wouldn't have been so drastically after they had all those uh, pay-per-views with lousy main events.
11: Well,
1: Paul, you were you were doing all right, but let me tell you something. As a man who wrote the book on the death of WCW, available at Amazon.com, find retailers everywhere, or hear him talk about it through all. And hoopla. Of them. Yeah, that's right. It was dying. No, whether this match took place or not, I mean, I, I this match really it didn't make any difference in the grand scheme of anything i mean it was it was but an, it was fitting it was an indicator of how incompetent they were that you know they paid warrior like millions of dollars and then like this is what they did with him and this is what they got and then they kept using him listen i thought they were done with him but i got a, a tweet here from laura who said halfway through this week's retro nitro we're now talking November of ninety-eight. The show is a mess. Warrior is still around. Oh my god! They just kept gr- going with it.
6: Get your money's worth out of him.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a. Uh, well, the money's worth would have been not using him, quite well, frankly. <laughs> but uh, yeah.
6: Well, the the other disappointing part, too, is not not really disappointing in hindsight at all or anything. It wasn't disappointing in in real time either, but it's like with Jenna and Charmel, they had 30 seconds to to be wrestlers. Uh, With Rebel and with Shelly Martinez, let's call it 30 days combined between the two overall in ring time. You know, with those two, you had 30 years, and that's what you came up with on The Biggest Wrestling Show, of The Biggest Wrestling Company, and all that and forever and ever, amen. And it was just a a one big, it's an amazing waste of money for just to get a win back
1: on somebody. It just, it was horrible. All you need to know is when it comes to the discussion of the worst matches in the history of professional wrestling, Warrior and Hulk Hogan 2 at Halloween Havoc 1998 is in the debate
6: which is um, again it is such a juxtaposition from if you say not one of the greatest or most technical or anything but the as far as people who grew up in that era as far as moments go one of the more iconic wrestling matches of all time and then you see book ended by their other one and it again it did say a lot for
1: well you know ultimately the the path of both of those men and WCW frankly Impact announced yesterday a tie of Valkyrie, who'd been scheduled to face Rosemary in a first blood match at Bound for Glory. Rosemary? Where are you from? All of a sudden you're from, like, Lower Maryland or something like that? Will not be able to make the pay-per-view or the subsequent television tapings. Cleveland. (laughs) Noted Valkyrie not being theirs due to circumstances out of their control. I don't know if that's entirely true. look forward to her being back at the promotion 2018. She basically is missing the show because... She's a Canadian citizen, and there is very little concern about her getting into Canada for Bound for Glory, but there is concern about her getting back to the uh, United States from Canada, and so she's not going to take the risk.
6: Oh, my God. Can you imagine being stuck up there with nothing but Tim Hortons? Actually, that would sound like that would be a great, great thing. You know, never have to go back to a donuts. All Tim Hortons all the time. Maybe she's better off that way. The especially the current political climate
1: lineup for the show by the way it does not look like that match has been replaced we're down to is it really just six matches another seven matches seven matches for the bound for glory show tonight i'll go over those when we come back from the break and take your phone calls as well phone number 844-411-5411 that is 844-411-5411 you can send your text messages to 425-780-7566 Callers on the Line. We'll go to those when we come back. I got a lot of text messages as well. So stick around, everybody. Back in just a moment, Wrestling Observer Live. <laughs>
0: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting
1: Network. Back here in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. Still being flooded with calls. Going to go to the phones in just a moment here. 844 411 5411 is the phone number. That is 844 411 5411. Text messages 425 780 7566. Get to the text here in a little while, but to the phone, you the air. What's going on?
17: Evening, guys. It's uh, Tony from San Diego. I just wanted to uh, talk about the UFC fight from last night, their card. The uh, card was great up and down. Uh, no boring fights. Um, the title fights were all very exciting. Congratulations to Rose Namahunas, GSP, of course, and uh, TJ Dillashaw. Um, in particular, I had a question about that fight. I wanted to get your opinion the crowd seemed heavily, heavily against Dillashaw. I mean, even loud chant of the F U F U T J, and then the big, big supporting of, of the Garbrandt. And I was, I didn't catch where Garbrandt was from originally, but what I, I don't know if he's from the New York area. But why, why was the crowd so heavily one-sided?
1: They love neck tattoos. Well, That's what happens to America now? <laughs> the actual answer is there's a lot of. I mean, my my presumption is the New York fans are kind of like New York wrestling fans, and that they're, I guess, like smart fans. Is it is it right to say more educated? What what's a pleasant way to say well, this? Well, they're they're Do they follow more, the sport like, like smart, more closely. Smart fans.
6: Yeah. smart fans, yeah. So the the. Yeah. Um, big Brazilian population there. There's lots of different reasons why it's a very diverse area and they like gritty gutty and they don't like West coast and you got alpha male TJ and it's easy to say F TJ because you got Cody Garbrandt out there just grinding, talking nonsense, looking, you know, crazy. And there you go. And
1: it's a, it's a perfect love hate relationship. Actually, what I think it is, is the way they portray TJ is just a very unlikable guy who I, I mean there was so much there were so many stories. I mean there have been stories Well remember Garbrandt has been portrayed in the past as a terrible guy. It, it's but that's different. a TJ is even more unlikely. TJ is a guy that, you know, he he was he's been portrayed as a two faced guy. He said one thing to his team, because he did he something else, camp. he split but. the whole nine yards, and then everything that came out last week where yeah. You know, they accused him of, you know, TJ's telling all these guys how to pass the PED test. And he's telling everybody that he's on everything. And, you know, Uriah Faber, a long time ago, Uriah Faber had made comments about TJ going, man, they started up drug testing. This guy looks totally different. He's much yeah. smaller now. I mean, there were a lot of things about yeah. TJ that if you're, if you're a smart fan and you're following, like, all of the drama, I mean, it was very easy for you to see him as the heel in the situation.
17: I mean, but that that was pretty
6: bad. <laughs>
3: like it was, those
1: pretty <laughs> loud chant. Well, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Hey, look, last right,
6: night you. was about faces and heels, and you know, it, it's amazing that October was National uh, Prevention of, of Bullying Month, uh, it's seemingly everywhere. Um, but you have Joanna who, I mean with Joanna and and Rose yesterday and with with GSP and Bisping as far as like especially with Rose and, and 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 uh Joanna where that crowd was just i mean Rose was such a baby face it's not like Joanna was a heel or anything but with this you had this bully dynamic from the press conference from the lead up to the fight right from the face off and then you have what happened where, you know, it's a knockout and the bully gets beat down and, you know, how do you feel? What about the title? Doesn't matter. Just be a nice person. I mean, it was, if anybody else would have done it in any other moment in time, maybe it would have come across sappy. The crowd would have turned on it, whatever. But it was like they were ready for it. And it was just, it was a great crowd. No matter what last night, it was an electric show. And I think there was, again, talked about New Japan being an angle-heavy show, obviously, the the fights and, and everything that took place, very real and very, you know, historic in the, the fact that there were three title changes. But still, there are stories for days coming out of this show and, and fun
1: fights to, to bandy about. Tim here is not giving up from his call in the first hour. First off, he has a temerity to say the show is dying. Get out of here, Tim. <laughs> Says ESPN is airing 30 for 30 immediately following SmackDown. They have social media and SportsCenter live at 6 p.m. to promote something big for SmackDown. It's a win-win for everybody. SmackDown gets a big rating. They promote 30 for 30. Fans get something they want to see. USA is go. happy their sweeps wasn't ruined by Halloween. Well, a few things here, Tim. You are t- better off just saying that one from Jump Street. Your text messages are dying, by the way. So And spelled incorrectly. Let me ask Tim Ryan these says. questions. He can, he can tweet me his answers or whatever. Text me his Excellent. answers. Have you heard one word about 30 for 30 from WWE? No. Have you heard one single word? No. So you're thinking that all of a sudden on Tuesday, they're all of a sudden going to be promoting the Ric Flair 30 for 30 all over SmackDown, a show on ESPN. You think that's going to happen? Serious question. Because they haven't said word one about that Ric Flair 30 for 30. And I've seen the Ric Flair Thirty for Thirty. I'm not sure that this is something that they're going to want to promote. No. There's a lot of there's a lot of Ric Flair on this show. There's a lot of real Rick R- Richard Flair up in here, and there's a lot of there's a lot of very very serious negative stuff about the wrestling business in this uh-huh. Ric Flair Thirty for Thirty. That's number one, and. What's his other point here? We make movies, not documentaries. SmackDown gets the big rating. Yeah, I, I just I don't think that SportsCenter is going to be talking about any angle that WWE has shot for SmackDown that is supposed to be live. I mean, they pretend it's live. That's the whole key. We'll see, Tim. Well, look, you Call me on Wednesday.
6: There are plenty of shows and We Sports shall Center. see, he
1: says. You're right. We shall see, Tim. <laughs> you know my number. Uh... Call us on Wednesday. We'll talk about this.
6: There's a bunch
1: of, you know, different
6: shows, whether it be, you know, there's the six, there is Scott Van Pelt's version of the show. There's the West coast show. It's not like they couldn't bring it up and place it somewhere. It's just that I don't know what the NBA schedule looks like that day and such, but it's like, if you think you're going to get a good spot out of this and it's anything other than a mention, I mean, that's like saying, well, you know, in a way David Arquette got us on the cover of USA Today. It's like, okay, well, what does that mean? <laughs> what, what does that mean at all? But I'll say this. He was better off just starting with the fact that, okay, we're doing this for a rating. We're doing this to, to to build onto something else. Because, again, if they are deciding to do this just to to try to pop something and to try to have something shaken up where you can trade the titles and gender wins it back in India— Again, not the worst idea in the world, or if somehow John Cena plays into it,
1: which you've talked about, which again makes perfect sense. This is Ric Flair, 30 for 30. A lot of talk about his early wrestling career. A lot of talk about him running high in the 80s. When, by the way, he was not in WWE. Mm. Tons of stuff from the NWA. Good parenting. He talks about going to WWF. He's critical of the idea they did not do Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair at WrestleMania. I mean he talks about not wanting to retire. There's very little about his, his uh his WCW career from like ninety five to two thousand one. A Hulk little bit just officially gives
6: it up for Rick.
1: A little bit about when he comes back, and then obviously there's a lot of talk about his son and how his son passed away. And it's a very heavy documentary. It does not paint pro wrestling in a positive light. I mean, there are people that watch it that are not going to think highly of Ric Flair when it's over. I mean, if you're a fan of Ric Flair and like you just love the idea that someone like the Nature Boy existed, I'm sure you'll you'll love it because I mean he portrays it know. he portrays he it like he's book. Ric Flair 24 seven and uh, and he kind of is. But this is not the kind of thing that I see WWE promoting. Like, hey, wrestling fans, after a night of fun action here on SmackDown, watch this documentary. I just don't see them doing that. You know,
6: they they with Ashley taking, you know, they you can shine it up at the end, but there's still going to be a lot of people that if you didn't read the book and you are not in tune and you're just a average wrestling fan who doesn't really know the Ric Flair story, I mean, it is going to be a little jarring when if you really think about, you know, living that sort of life when you are trying to raise a family and the fact that you know it just again it is. It is a a interesting life. He was certainly a wrestling character, but that, as time has gone on and you you look at things in hindsight, um, isn't really as cool as what it was cracked up to be as as we were growing up, as, or I I would assume at least for, I think most people should
1: think that way or do think that way. Per says, what a great UFC pay-per-view. I heard a lot of people say GSP is now the greatest of all time. I always thought he was. Do you now think he's the greatest of all time? Well, he's in the argument. Him, Anderson Silva, Demetrius Johnson. John Jones. Jones. Uh, I, Jones ain't in the argument. Jones is out
6: of my argument. Well, I, I know what you're saying. And you're absolutely right, but But there's the thing is, like, unfortunately, you don't know. Who was on what? You look at an entire era, and you just assume everybody is, but you also look at guys who you would never, you wouldn't initially think, okay, that guy is on something, and then you found out later on that that they were. So it's it's tough, and we can only take people at their word, and George St. Pierre, I think... Because of who he is and how he has handled himself,
1: he gets the benefit of the doubt over All right, anyone else. Stand by. Back in a moment. If it's over live.
3: Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-754-4531. 800-754-4531. 800-754-4531. That's 800-754-4531. It has been said that everyone has a book in them.
0: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi
1: on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. This person here has a good question via the text message machine for Tim, I might add. Why would WWE want people to switch off 205 Live and watch ESPN? Good question. I don't think they will. That's what I'm saying. This person here says, I get that wrestling in a boat could be a good experience for the NXT crew, (laughs) but there's a lot of factors that make it a very uncertain thing. I mean, if it was earlier this year, uh, the Fire Festival happened. That surely went well. It wasn't promoted by Jericho, but his cruise reminds me of that. Hopefully it is better (laughs) and everyone has the greatest time. I don't think that's going to happen on the boat. Ow. But I suppose you never know.
6: I, it's not like he, this is like Captain Ron, you know, showing up like, you know, drunk with the boat or something like that. I mean, I think it's like, isn't it like a Royal Norwegian thing? I mean, they just slap like, you know, Chris Jericho's Crazy Cruise. It's not like he bought a uh, a yacht company and just like commissioned himself a boat. So I'm sure it's a professional operation. He is running out the entertainment portion of the proceedings and doing all that sort of of pomp and circumstance to, to get people on board, literally, uh, to the ship. So uh, I don't think that is going to be much of an issue. And I think, unlike the Fire Festival, I think with what's already been announced, with the fact that some things are set into stone, like the, 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 the Sirius XM guys being there, uh, busted open, and the fact that he has, you know, Ron Funches and Jim Brewer is already booked and these are people that these are serious actual like you know real people here that could have other things booked at that time so this is a real deal now whether how well it sells we'll find out there is a kind of sorta precedent for this with like the bruise cruise and the wrestle vessel from WWF and WCW back in the day. But this, you know, the whole landscape of pro wrestling and sports entertainment has changed and how some of these meet and greets and fan interaction with wrestlers has changed so dramatically since then. So this is a look, it's a new spin on an old concept and we'll see what happens here. But it is, it's one of those things. If this hits for Jericho, you know, as a promoter, as a guy, if this hits, he's got a formula here. Where if he has the next time around more than just his band on there or whatever it is, I mean, this is a this is it's taking a, a set to do, and he he's trying it. You know, you can make fun of it if you want, but
1: it, it's something we'll have to see what happens. This person says, "How was Granny's birthday?" Well, funny you should ask. And go to my Twitter right now, mm-hmm. find out how Granny's birthday was. At how Brian Alvarez. You, how about your dad's? He had a great birthday, too, but... King Los. Got him a nice electric shaver. So we got him a sombrero. Is that his sombrero? They put a sombrero on your head when you go there, and it's your birthday. Oh, okay. He doesn't own that thing. You kidding me? Now, wait. He's Mexican, right? Yes. Was there flan next to him? Dude, he was at a Mexican restaurant.
6: Yeah, I know. I just think, you know, it's, I think Puerto Rico and Flan more than I think about Mexico and Flan. But, you know, I guess well, you, know, you love the wrong. leche. You love the leche. You know, it's, I, I get it. I get it. But why were people also saying that he looked like Ricky Steamboat? Because he's tan and
1: has gray hair? I mean, I where did know. that come from? I don't know. But I'm I'm cool to be the offspring of a man who's a cross between Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat. Explain where did the Ric Flair thing come from? Excellent. My, my overwhelming talent in all aspects of life. Oh, yeah? To the phone, on the air. What's up?
17: Hey, Brian Mike. Um, uh, since uh, GSP won, he's been saying that he was going to move back to 170, but now he's
15: got a fight in tension with Robert Whitaker at 185. Uh, what do you think he should do?
1: Well, Dana says he's facing Robert Whitaker next, but we'll Dana, see. Dana says a lot of stuff. <laughs> I mean, GSP. But the
10: UFC is like a stock market.
1: Excuse me?
15: The UFC is like a stock market.
1: Yes, thank you. And you're like a robot. Thank you very much for the call. So Dasha, they're right there.
6: Look, yeah, was he right. playing the Dasha? UFC, the UFC is like a stock market, and it is swayed heavily by by public feelings and by the feelings of people, not necessarily mechanics. And and yes, you know, bottom lines do count. You can't have a loser who's zero and ten fighting for a championship, but. You know, you, you, you feel what the market is indicating and what it's giving you and you gotta go off of that. And if the market is not there for GSP and Whitaker and say is there for oh, I don't know, GSP and I don't Nate Diaz, whoever Nick Diaz, whatever it's going to be, whatever wacky fight that you want to put together, if it makes dollars right now, it makes sense. You know, Robert Whitaker and
1: his sporting uh claim to the title be damned. Dana White said he was gonna face Whitaker. GSP, while he was non-committal, GSP did say that when I was an active fighter, before my four-year retirement, I was too busy to put on weight the right way to move up. But with four years off, I've been able to do it the right way, and so I was fine in this fight. Now, the reality is he was not fine in this fight. He was tired in the second round. Like, I mean, I hate to say it, but... If he hadn't won, he probably would have lost. I know that sounds stupid, but like my point was, <laughs> he's, he's he won good the at 185, first round. He's not great. He won the first round. He lost the second round, and he was losing the third round until he got that knockout. So, had he not clipped him there, he would have lost the third round. He would have been down two rounds going into the fourth round, where he was already tired. I mean, if they fought again and it was virtually the same fight, I mean, there's a very yeah. good chance that Bisping would beat him the second time. And this is a, not do, the ideal weight for GSP.
6: And you could do that again. And and GSP loses no face if he loses too to to me in in that scenario too. I just I, and, and that could be great. And look, if you're if you're both of those guys, can you make more money with somebody else? Would it be a bigger fight for the UFC? And that is very important for the UFC. And, again, this is not necessarily fair, quote-unquote, for Robert Whitaker. I get it, and I'd like to see GSP and Whitaker if from a, a sporting point of view, but still from a a financial point of view, there's other things you can do with GSP at either 170 or 185 and have it have probably more impact. Unfortunately, again, unfortunately for Whitaker, it's nothing against him.
1: This person here guarantees Omega Jericho will be at least four and a half stars at Wrestle Kingdom. What about that? Uh, And this person also says, John was just imitating you as a law tribute. Hadn't thought of that. Had not thought of that. (laughs) But you may be right. Uh, This person alleges that Jimmy Jacobs and Santino were backstage at Bound for Glory. Had not heard that yet, but may very well be true.
6: Probably be a good idea for uh, for Jimmy Jacobs. Again, if nothing else, say invite him down to see what he has to say. What do you think? Let let somebody look at your show with new eyes. You know, he's got a track record of being somewhat creative. Again, You don't have to take his word as gospel. But if I'm impact right now, if I'm running that company, if I'm pulling my hair out over some of the moves we've had to make and Ajita moving forward with that company, you know, why not get
1: some pros down there to help you? Not the worst idea in the world. This person says, if the India ratings experiment with Jinner has been proven to not work, why are they still sticking with Jinner's champion? Well, two things. Number one, About nothing has been proven yet. I mean, if you look at the financial breakdown of that region, I mean, in the in the financial report, they don't list, like, India as India. It's like they list it as Asia Pacific, which includes a lot of different places. And And business there is up.
6: That's the new thing right now for everybody, by the way. That's not exclusive to WWE that's been buzzy
1: you'll hear about it with Trump's trip over there this week the point is the business is up we don't know if that has anything to do with India we don't know if that has anything to do with gender all we know is that there's no evidence in those numbers that he was a failure the numbers are up now the idea when they first put the title on him was not oh my god we're gonna make this guy the champion this jobber we're gonna make him the champion and all of a sudden we're gonna do huge business like in May I mean, they knew that it was going to take a long, long, long time. And that's why I still believe that he's going to be champion going into WrestleMania, whatever happens on Tuesday. And, I mean, I forgot my other point. But that's my point. What was my other point. Why are they still sticking with Jinder's champion? India. What's I ranting about? I lost my mind. Damage. No
6: ratings ratings experiment here you know they were going to take a hit on the ratings they had the excuse cuz it was summer again this is where your built-in excuses you know don't work as they they did when it came to the tv rating on halloween at the time of the world series is big and all that Oh I remember the other point and everything else Oh good I the only for other evidence for you.
1: the only other evidence we have it's like when he goes to wikipedia i got to help him No, the only other evidence that we have besides this this magic asia pacific number Mm -hmm. is he did do that tour where he went to India, like, earlier this month. And, like, apparently he was super over. Like, he had, there, there were tons of media there. There were, like, tons of fans. He was like, I mean, he was kind of a big deal. Now, does that translate into money? I have no idea. It's like Borat coming to America. It's not like he went over there and, like, nobody cared. I mean, he went over there and they saw him as a big deal. So, you know... He went over there with people from WWE. So How many billion people? Somebody's got to like it. They came back, and I'm sure they said, dude, the guy's getting over. we got to keep going with this thing. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens on. Let me just put it this way. If he loses on Tuesday, like I expect him to be champion by the time the, either by the time or, or during or very shortly after that India tour. I still think that was I, I like the idea I had with you know with Nakamura to trade it and, and
6: do it that way with Nakamura in Japan and and, and then Jinder later on in India and if, again if that's just the only reason that they're doing this that's not the worst idea in the world and I know whether you're hot shooting the title all that stuff look we know what this is all about right now it is what it is and you have to take it for what it is you know if this was Brock and you were ripping the title off him to give it to somebody else that's a different story but I mean. Again, this is just all business,
1: and it's all what it is right now. Until we see John Cena ascend again, as, far as says, "I think that Jericho is going to impact after the Omega feud. I think he's hopping companies to try to rally against WWE." No, I'll tell you uh-huh. why. If he's upset with WWE not giving him NXT wrestlers for his cruise, then he's just not going to go back to WWE. I yeah. mean, he he can he can tour with his band. Like, he's been, he has been making big money in wrestling since, like, 1997, 1998. I mean, he should be fine. I mean, I don't hear Ric Flair-style stories about Jericho's spending habits. He's not out there buying $18,000 robes on a regular basis. They're boozing it up like Lance
6: Storm out there on the streets every night.
1: And you got to think, like, okay, so he decided he was going to work for another company. Who did he choose? New Japan. Where did he choose? The Tokyo Dome. Mm-hmm. Like, there is going to be fifty thousand people in that building, most likely. Mm-hmm. I mean, forty nobody's to 50, going to blame Chris Jericho for doing that show. Forty to fifty thousand people are going to be in that building. Like, why would you go? In why would you go to Impact and work in thousand seat buildings? He's not going to do that in front of two hundred people. There is no way he's going to do that. Hey, look, and this is somebody
6: said something earlier on. I can't remember who it was about. You know, Chris uh, Jericho doesn't care what Vince McMahon thinks. I, I will say this. I would say that's not correct. I think he does care what he thinks. But Chris Jericho is not going to let whatever Vince McMahon thinks of him or a situation stop him from doing something. And it's why, in my opinion, I from afar, I would look at that and go, that's probably why Jericho has been successful. And he probably can be a prick to deal with. And he has talked about being a pain to deal with sometimes and sometimes bumping heads with Vince. But it's why... Guys with Jericho's personality type tend to succeed in this business, and we don't necessarily think of him in that vein all the time, or I don't think people necessarily think of him in that vein, but the selfish part and some of those things, and had being so cocksure of himself, I, I think that goes a long way. So again, I think he does care what Vince thinks. It's just it's not going to prevent him from doing something if it
1: makes sense for him to do it. And finally, does it hurt AJ if he loses to Jinder? I'd be the. It would be the third big singles match in a row that he's lost. Well, listen, if AJ loses on Tuesday, it's going to be like a DQ, and then they all beat him down afterwards to set up a title match for the December pay per view. I mean, I don't see him losing clean to the Colossus. Doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Back in a moment, a Wrestling Observer Live.
13: conditions.
3: 800-223-0992. 800-223-0992. That's
0: 800-223-0992. You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting
1: Network. Back on the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com, is noted. The Bound for Glory show is kicking off here in just a moment, actually. Elijah Drake, Johnny Impact for the global titles, the main event. Trevor Lee, Desmond Xavier, Garza Jr., Matt Side, LPD Williams, Sanjay Dutt, Six Way for the X Division title. Ohio versus Everything. Yes, that is the team name of the Christ Brothers. The Christ Brothers. Versus the Latin American Exchange. Sienna Alley and Gail Kim in a three-way for the Impact Knockouts title. Moose Uh, and Stefan Bonner versus Lashley and King Mo. Well. Abyss versus Grado. Well. In a Monsters Ball match where Grado loses, he must return to the U.S. and then be deported, I guess. Trying to figure out that stipulation.
6: Ceremonial, you know. Got to make it happen.
1: And Team Impact. Ethan Carter III, Eddie Edwards, James Storm versus Iho Del Fantasma, Pagano, and Tejano. That's a GHC champion in that match. That's right. That's the lineup for the show, so you're going to look forward to that. Myself and Vinny will be up right after the show to recap it for you guys on the Brian and Vinny show. I'm sure he's in a good mood after the Redskin seahawks game. And then Dave Meltzer and I will be back later on tonight, not only talking that, but the New Japan show in detail. I'm sure and he's in a good mood. All of, He's not in a good mood. He's had computer problems all day. Oh, God. All of the other news as well. So check it out at WrestlingObserver.com. We're here every day. There is a full lineup of shows up at SportsByline.com. we got daily replays, 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern. Tomorrow at 10 Eastern, we got a replay of this show if you want to check it out. So head up there, SportsByline.com. WrestlingObserver.com for more of what you heard today. we got shows every single day for subscribers. Three shows going up today only for subscribers at WrestlingObserver.com. And that's it from here. Thanks, Mike, as always. Everybody the studio, callers, and listeners talked to again tomorrow, Wrestling Observer Live.